Welcome back to Beyond Well with Sheila Hamilton. This is a program for people who want to explore their interior lives. And I'm joined every week by Dr. Jenna Lejeune. Hi, Jenna. Hello. I'm so excited for today's topic. Me too. And Dr. Brian Goff. Hi, Brian. Hello, hello, Sheila. It's so good to see you. Jackie Shannon Hollis is in uh, studio today. She's a storyteller, speaker, and author of the memoir, This Particular Happiness, A Childless Love Story. Her writing has appeared in lots of different literary magazines, but one of the reasons I love this topic so much is that I think a lot of our younger listeners are now at the point of deciding whether or not they want to have children. And Jackie, your book gives people permission to think about their lives differently, both as a woman, both as a daughter, and both as a wife to your husband, Bill. So Mm -hmm. thank you for writing. It's beautiful. Oh, I'm really happy to be here, Sheila. Um, You grew up in Eastern Oregon Uh in this very almost traditional, like, on the prairie family, you know? I think about the life that you had and all of the women's lives who you mentored or, or who were mentoring you, and they were all surrounded by kids. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were. I mean, that was, there were, my great aunt Lena was the only woman that I knew of who didn't have children. And um, everyone else had lots of kids. And so was the expectation as a young girl growing up that you were just going to marry, have a bunch of kids, maybe even stay in Eastern Oregon? Not not so much staying in Eastern Oregon, but it was just a given that I would have children. I mean, we played with baby dolls, we played house, uh, we we had little sisters, lots of siblings that we practiced on, um, and we babysat, and it was just, it, there was never a question, there were never people around, women around who didn't have children. So we didn't, it, 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 I never thought otherwise, and I continued to think that for a long time, that I would go on and have kids. I want you to talk about the relationships that were prior to meeting your husband, Bill. Mm-hmm. What was the dynamic with each of them, and why eventually do you think that you ended up splitting in those? Well, I had a what I consider, I like to call a lot of research, um, and that led me to Bill. <laughs> good. That's a good way to explain uh, life. Yeah, I, I always knew that I wanted to have a long-term loving relationship, but I don't think that's really what I was doing early on. I was um, very sexually active, um, and I uh, was always looking outside myself, I think, mm, for yeah. validation. And I thought that love well, I had a very romantic view of love and thought that, and, and often felt once the excitement of that falling in love went away, well, then I was, you know, there was no longer, that wasn't love. Yeah. And so I just, I searched and searched and I went through lots of relationships where I left, where I got bored and left um, or because of the excitement was gone. And then I went through a marriage, um, a, a similar thing. I fell for someone else. We didn't have an entire affair, but I, my eyes were turned elsewhere and I left that marriage. Yeah. Then that relationship that I left the marriage for ended up being just uh, devastating to me because it was the first time where I wanted to be in and it was someone who didn't want to stay. Mm. Um, it broke me apart in a way that made me really stop and think about what do I want and what is it that I've been doing all this time mm. chasing after these men? What am I looking for? How can I give myself some of that? Okay. I think this is a terrific time to bring in <laughs> Brian and Jenna because if there's anything that I notice, especially um, with my daughter's friends who are out in the dating world, 
there is almost like a list of the requirements that they have for the man to be extremely handsome and extremely successful and, you know, and what you realize is that the list has nothing to do with themselves. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it, we've talked about this on other shows as well. There's so much of this focus on the other partner, like who you're going to pick as yeah. if you were, you know, going to the produce aisle there and like finding the right melon or something. And there's very little focus on who do I want to be as a partner and what do I want in my partnership. And I think if we could focus a little bit more on ourselves and being the person that we want to be in a partnership, we're going to naturally gravitate towards mm-hmm. a partner who is going to complement that, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially, Brian, for men, there is a new kind of awakening about a female bringing her own independence, her own creative pursuits, her own interests. But I do still think there is some old status going on where men kind of expect women to reflect who they are in a much broader, bigger way. How do you get young men thinking differently about that dynamic? As though she's an accessory. Yeah. Yeah. Or an asset, part of your portfolio. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I think like you said, beyond the physical attraction or the arm candy or whatever it might be, all the other things that as a human being, as a partner, not as narrowly defined, what does this person bring to your life that yeah. that makes you kind of want to be the best version of yourself? Like the, this person inspires me, the way that they move around in the world. I want to ask questions of them. I'm inspired by the way that they do things. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, this is my buddy, my partner. And much more than this is... Uh, one of my possessions it seems like a lot of the times that's kind of what it is and if it's that then of course it's just like any other one of your possessions there's a new model of an iphone coming out or there are (laughs) there are newer fancier cars that haven't gotten so many scratches on them people are sort of looking for the the next model but that's not because you know that one with three cameras (laughs) 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 i want to go back to jackie when you meet bill he is a completely different kind of person than the men you have been dating previously correct yes how so well for one thing he's just very clear about who he is and what he wants the men that i dated the men i had been in relationship with were fine nice men I, in some ways, I actually think with Bill and I, it had to do with timing. He'd, mm. been, he'd done his own uh, share of research. Mm. The point at which we met, we both really knew we wanted to be in a relationship with someone who wanted to explore mm. and go off on a journey of self-understanding and other understanding and finding out, you know, what do we learn about each other in the mirror that is held up in yeah. relationship? That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're a person who wants children, and Mm -hmm. you learn that Bill doesn't want children. Mm -hmm. I want you to share with people how you initially took the news and then some of the negotiations Mm -hmm. that you attempted to try to kind of change Bill's mind. When we first married, uh, before we married, actually even when I met Bill, I had begun to consider that my life would be okay without children. I had begun to challenge, like, why is it that I want this? And so when I met him, he was had every quality that I wanted in a man and he didn't want to have children. It seemed like that would be perfectly fine. And we married. And shortly after that, 
my um, I found out about my parents, my mom's disappointment and my family's desire, you know, wish that I would join in having children. And I just felt devastated by it. And I immediately began to question if I'd made the wrong decision marrying him. And I began to long for a child. It went back and forth. I, I, there were times where the longing was very far forward. And there were times where I took such joy in being child-free. So yeah. it, it, was, it was very difficult. And I kept a lot of it underground. But I would often try to find out from him, you know, why? Why didn't he want to have a child? Yeah. What did he say? He said, part of it was when I met him, he was 38. We married, he was 41. He did not want to be an older father. Yeah. Um, and yeah. at that time, there weren't as many people in their 40s having kids. Right. And then he never, the thing that always surprised me was how much he did not explore it deeply. It was just something that as much as he knew and understood about himself, I didn't see him ever really questioning it as much what I came to understand and he came to understand is he'd never really had a model for a father or fatherhood mm-hmm. or the joys that could come from that. He'd never been around infants. He, he'd been around a lot of little children and loved kids, but he, it, he just did not have a curiosity in that direction. One of the mm-hmm. um, beautiful things about Jackie's memoir, This Particular Happiness, is that she, she both puts on the page what it is that she decided to do and then she explores all of her own contradictions about what she wanted to do. And I think so many people who decide I'm not going to have kids because they're kind of lambasted by society about why aren't you having kids? They retract into this very stiff position. Whereas Mm -hmm. one of the things I love about this memoir, Jackie, is that you're exploring a lot of the gray area of grief, Mm -hmm. of loss, of the joy of not having dirty diapers, of the joy of being (laughs) able to leave a party and not have to take home a sleeping toddler. It's so full. The experience is so full that it reads really truthfully to me. Honestly. Yeah, honestly. Honestly. I would say, so I am also somebody who has, my partner and I have chosen not to have kids. And I would say, Sheila, you just hit on, for me, one of the most difficult things is that people sort of expect me to have this very clear only oh my god it is i would hate having children yeah. sort of right. experience or oh my god i so regret my decision and one of the things actually i know people say this in a very um well-intentioned way but one of the things that bothers me the most is when people will say you know i'll say i'm traveling or something and they'll say God, you're just so lucky you have so much freedom because you don't have children. Right. And it's sort of like, yes, and that, like, it's not luck. I did choose this. And I also don't get your Sunday mornings with your, like, little kids snuggled up Uh next to you. And I don't get to be a part of the mom's playgroup or whatever else would be appealing. So there absolutely is a loss with both choices, yes. Yes. with the choice to have children or to raise children yes. and the choice to not have children. Yeah. yeah, I think a couple of phenomenon happen here. One is before making the decision, we see all the gradations, right? Yes. And then once you make a decision mm-hmm. to sort of feel better about the decision that we make, we sort of demonize option right. B. Right. I've, I've in shopping for cars, for instance, I've come down to two different cars, you know, the Honda or the Toyota, let's say. And then you buy the Toyota and 
And then think of all the things that made that such an obvious choice. And every time you see somebody driving the Honda, you're like, well, clearly they didn't do the research. Right. They made the wrong choice. Right. Um, and it's just not like that. And then I think the other thing that happens is we don't hold the advantages and disadvantages honestly side by side. We add them up as though there's some aggregate. Mm-hmm. Like if the, the black and the white, if there's like five blacks and four whites, then black wins and it's a sum of one black. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Black and white doesn't make gray. Black and white makes black and white. Mm-hmm. And the advantages of one choice doesn't reduce the disadvantages of that choice and right. vice versa. Yeah, the the cool, disadvantages yeah. of mm-hmm. the... Yeah, you know, that's a beautiful way to say it's it. It's like yeah. if the good things about being here are we get to meet you and talk with you and get to hear your story and the disadvantages of being here are something like, I don't know, I had to pay for parking. Yeah. It's not like the better this conversation is... I get discounted parking, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, it's free now because this was so insightful. They just exist side by side, right? Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, Jackie, one of the things that really I love Bill for is his unwavering commitment to his choice. Yes. I mean, I found it remarkable because you're persuasive and you (laughs) are lovely and... Many men would just kind of cave and say, okay, mm-hmm. I guess, whatever to right. I need to make you happy. What is it about Bill that allows him to be so straightforward and honest and single-minded in his decision? He is such a unique man, I think. He understands his own self in a way that surprises me and it's and you know I bounced up against that a lot of times not just around having children but his particular perspective on something it would challenge me just challenge my own assumptions so much he from a very young age was exploring he bought a a book called um, the magic of believing Mm -hmm. it was just about how to um, a pro- probably like an affirmations kind yeah. of book. But he was 11 years old when he bought that wow. book. <laughs> yeah. That says something. He, yeah, he was wow. just always ex- exploring. And he has a comfort with not caretaking other people. I mean, he's respectful and loving, but also holds each of us in his life capable of sitting with our own feelings. Wow. And mm-hmm. it's I've learned a lot. I mean, he's learned a lot from me, but I've learned a lot from him in yeah. that. Yeah. Especially you are pretty um, open about how many times you broke down, mm-hmm. how many times you're pleading with him mm-hmm. to let me understand this and yeah. why are you so... And he comes off as just this kind of calm, zen mm-hmm. guy yeah. who's like, Jackie, this is my choice. Uh-huh. Yeah. W- were you ever concerned that he would say... I need to leave then if this is the choice that you're going to make. That he would leave if I made the choice? Yeah, that you um, decided you were definitely going to have oh children. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely felt that it could, yeah. it could, well, I don't know that it would have been the end of our marriage, but I think that it would have, have certainly changed the dynamics of it and made space for resentment and potential regret. And the other thing was, there was no way I was going to bring a child into a relationship where one person didn't want to have a child. Yeah. I wanted, that was part of my ideal. My romance was wanting to have a child with someone was, who was completely in on it. Yeah. And aside from my own experience, that child's experience. 
Yeah. The reproductive rates in the country are way down by about 28%. And those that are having children are waiting longer to have them. And when I started researching some of the reasons why, I was like, wow, I've never been faced with the list of why not to have children. Do you think that it's important before adults have children that they should read that list, Jenna? That they should do the research about the particular downsides of raising a family? Well, it does seem to me like deciding to have a child or raising a child, it's hard to imagine a bigger decision you're ever going to make in your life. Like this is a lifelong permanent decision, no matter what you decide. Yeah. What about that um, Honda Toyota? But that Honda, I mean, second. <laughs> okay. Second all right. Good. Only. All right. Good. I, I know <laughs> you're really worried that you made the wrong decision. <laughs> Thank there, you. Brian. And so it just seems to me like when I'm talking with clients, the it isn't that you're going to come to the right answer. If this is one of the most important aspects of your life or potentially the most important, why would you not Hmm. explore Hmm. all sides of this and all options? And I guess that's part of the struggle that I have is that it feels like in our culture and many cultures, there's sort of this default. It's like, you're going to do this. You're going to have the 2.3 kids mm-hmm. and you're going to get married to somebody of the opposite gender mm-hmm. and you're going to live in a house with a white picket fence. And if you do that, then you don't have to like give justification why you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you decide you might want to do something other than that, then you have to go through this thoughtful process about, now tell me why you would decide not to have the labradoodle. Why would you have something other than that? And so I just am a really big proponent of make informed choices in your life, no matter what side you fall on. Well, and I think it even gets maybe, yes, uh, an informed choice, but I like the idea of just knowing that you have a choice. Oh, absolutely. Because it seems like that default setting Mm -hmm. is you know, our culture, society, or just the majority tells us this is what a good life looks yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Like, of course you go to college. Of course you get married. Of course you have kids. Of course you buy a house. Yeah. Of course you take the promotion. Mm-hmm. And my experience is so many people have checked off all of those boxes mm-hmm. and they're still in my office saying, I'm miserable. Why don't mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. I'm living my best life? Yeah. Why don't I? And because yeah. it's like you are fulfilling other people's values for what life is supposed to look like and you haven't really made a choice informed or reflected what is it that resonates with how I want to put my life together you haven't actually made made a choice choice. yeah you haven't actually made the choice so you may through this process decide to have every single thing that is kind of that whatever traditional life is whatever the hell that means but it is a very different thing if you do it intentionally. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. What are and my expectations? Your... What are yeah. my, you know, why, why am I doing this? Absolutely. I think that's just like, what is it that I'm hoping? Yeah. What's the experience I'm looking for? That's because right. I think when we aren't clear about that. We experience regret and resentment. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think and not absolutely. what my neighbors want, not what my parents mm-hmm. want, right. but yeah. what uh-huh. clicks Especially for me. if you've come from a dysfunctional family, you're not used to giving yourself license to make those mm-hmm. kinds of decisions. Absolutely. And so that's where a lot of the repetition of people falling back into poverty and falling back into multiple kids with multiple fathers happens is that someone doesn't give themselves that breather, that moment to say, wait a minute, I have the opportunity, the mm-hmm. choice to do things differently. Yeah. But let's also say though that it is especially difficult. Yes, it sounds great to make a choice, 
But it's hard to be the minority voice on the jury panel. Mm -hmm. Amen. When everybody else (laughs) is voting convict and you're like, "Mm." Um, and it's Mm -hmm. so hard, especially when people, because of their life experiences, already don't trust their own voice. Yes. Right? To be like, I'm not thinking about it clearly Mm -hmm. enough. Maybe they are right. Mm -hmm. And Jackie, I guess I'm curious about your experience. So you had sort of settled into this place of, yeah, I could be okay to not have children. Mm -hmm. And then you sort of learned of your family's disappointment Mm -hmm. in that. So what is that like for you when you're sort of the, oh, whoops, I I might have disappointed other people or other people think badly of this choice? Well, I I mean, I was definitely raised in a way that was about pleasing others. And so it was a struggle, I think, most especially early on, just the sense of not being part of the club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I was so afraid of people pitying me. I didn't talk a lot to other people about my sadness about this or the question. And I was also afraid that someone would say, well, you should leave Bill or just go ahead and have a baby. It'll be okay. It'll all turn out okay. Yeah. You know, that someone would put pressure on me <laughs> yeah. in some way. And I, I knew that I wanted to stay in that relationship. So it was how do I sit with the fact of having disappointed my family you know, of course, in the long term, that was one small area. I mean, a lot of what I learned is all these other ways where they were proud of me and supported me. But there was the worry. My mom's worry was that I would end up being a bitter, lonely old woman. Mm-hmm. And mm. yeah. and voila, you have one of the richest, <laughs> most meaningful lives of anyone I know. It did occur to me that all of the pain and all of the work you did processing the pain has really resulted in something entirely like you probably couldn't have have imagined the benefit of doing all Mm -hmm. of that, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I've had to, one is trying to understand, you know, who I am, what do I want? Where are these feelings come from? Are they my own or someone else's Mm -hmm. that I'm taking on? And Mm -hmm. that's a a rich process. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. for sure. You know, I keep thinking, okay, so she wanted kids, but then she got clear with not needing kids. And even in my attempting to summarize the narrative arc of your life, (laughs) it's wrong because you might walk out of here and go into a grocery store Mm -hmm. and see a baby Mm -hmm. and have a longing that you didn't even know was coming, Mm -hmm. right? So how do you deal again with this almost undulating way that we live in that our emotions, we can think we're fine and we're doing Mm -hmm. okay and then be slapped right back to that place of uncertainty. You know, there's a thing I say often when I see people going from there saying, oh, how, how could I have been feeling so good? And then I, you know, today I feel so terrible. And I just say the weather comes in and the weather goes out. Mm-hmm. I think that our needs, our yearnings, our, you know, our desires, our sadness, all of that just shifts and changes. And I've really learned how to not have an expectation that anything will stay the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, now it's watching people become grandmothers right. and, you know, them t- you know, kind of all of, all of that is a whole new phase of not having children. But I also, there are a whole bunch of things in my life that I have probably 45 nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews and in-laws and then a whole bunch of other kids in my life. So there is no absence of, of children. children. Yeah. 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 Children yeah. to love. There's yeah. plenty of yes, those out there, there are. that yeah. need it. Um, Jenna, I wanted to, to just ask you, when, when people are coming in and attempting to decide on this very, very big life issue, what do you think is most important for them to keep at the center? Is it financial? Is it emotional? Is it time? Is it, do you have a house? Do you deal with the practicality and the emotional tenor? 
I think it's useful to deal with both of them. Yeah. Um, but I think that the the practicalities part of it is not that's not the hard part of the decision. It's yeah. the it's the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And from an act perspective that Brian and I come from, we encourage people to not make decisions based on emotion because exactly like you were saying, mm-hmm. Jackie, like emotions come and go yeah. and there are some days I walk into the grocery store and I see a little kid and I think, Oh my gosh, I yeah. wish I had that and mm-hmm. I know many, many of my parent friends see a kid and think, oh God, I wish I didn't have kids. Yeah, while somebody's <laughs> yeah. taking their time in the wine section. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right? And so if we make these big life choices based on emotions that come and go, that's not a really great way yeah. to make these yeah. choices. So instead, we, from an act perspective, talk about making choices based on what's going to move you in the direction of your values. What kind of a life qualities do you want to embody? And so for me, for example, nurturing is a really important value to me. It's something that I really want my life to be about. And yet I found that I could actually be more nurturing to the wider body of people in my life, Mm -hmm. including my very beloved niece and nephew and my clients and my partner and my friends and my family. If I didn't have my own child that I would be very focused on nurturing. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a different choice for me to be nurturing in that way. Well, that sort of highlights something that I'm kind of percolating on as I listen. And that is, yeah, I do think that there's a sense in thinking through the choices that we make, but I'm mindful of the fact that a lot of the things that happen in our lives happen to us. But well, I guess actually the choice to have kids is made for people. Oftentimes they wind Mm -hmm. up with a child or they find that they can't have children. Mm -hmm. Right. But across the spectrum, there are lots of different sort of choices that are made for us. And echoing off of uh, Jenna, your comment about values is, I think they inform our choices, but they inform how we live yes. the choices that we have made. Oh, that's it, a nice way to say it, Brian. And in, yep. and in some ways, mm-hmm. it's not about whether you make the right choice or the wrong choice. It's now that you've made a choice, yes. how do I mm-hmm. live into yeah. this that reflects mm-hmm. what I really care yeah. about? Or else we're always second guessing mm-hmm. our choices. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I really like that. I know that for me was the how do I do this? How you know how do I make this work? Given that I want to be here in this relationship. Yes. 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 How do yes. I do it without regret, resentment? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're we're almost out of time, but I guess I can't end without saying you're going out in the world and you're talking about what some could say was a kind of painful and intimate decision between you and your husband. How is Bill dealing with all the publicity, all of the appearances, all of the mentions of Bill when he sounds like quite a private guy? Well, he actually, he's not a private guy. Oh, he's good. very open. He shares himself quite a lot. And um, he he and I are doing some events together. Um, he's thrilled about this. He, he liked that the Oregonian Review called him the Irresistible Bill. Uh, <laughs> now, does he have a t-shirt with yeah, the Irresistible Bill? Uh-huh. His license plate is yeah, really? irresistible. Right. Yeah, he, he's been, he, he is very excited and he read every draft of my manuscript. He's talked wow, about wonderful. it. He's just yeah, he's he's excited. Congratulations, Jackie Thank Shannon you. Wallace. It's a wonderful book, highly recommended. And if you like what we talked about today and you want to support the show, you can click on the link right now, The Foundation for Excellence in Mental Health Care. Thanks again. Bye.